0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. And speaking thereof, during the Super Bowl, Coca-Cola ran an ad that had America the Beautiful sung by people of various nationalities.
1: Oh, beautiful. For spacious skies Por tus olas de granos zambar Yo
2: pichima
0: And we have seen various companies making similar statements in the wake of the travel ban put in place by the White House. But what impact do these types of ads have on a company's brand? And what impact do they have within the company itself? Joining me here in studio, Wharton Marketing Professor Americus Reed, and on the phone, Wharton Management Professor Sigal Barsad, uh, to discuss the impact of these ads and others like them are having right now. Great to see you, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Happy and, to- I appreciate that. Always a pleasure to be here, Dan. Thank you. Segal, great to have you on the phone with us. Happy New Year to you.
2: Happy New Year to you, too.
0: Thank you. Uh, I, I think America, we understand, Americas the importance of what these companies are trying to do right now. It's almost to the
1: point where... It's a necessity for them to do these things. Yeah, I think part of what is going on here is a direct implication of the brand and to communicate communicate to consumers what you stand for right. and those values. And that works at various levels. It obviously works in terms of trying to connect and express to the end consumer. It also works in the context of trying to express something that's important internally to your employees as well. Sigal. Yeah, um,
2: the... The idea of it influencing the organization's culture um, has a lot to do, though, with whether those are values that the um, that the organization shows in its daily life as well. And so, um, Americus is spot on. It's a signaling, both external and internal. But you also have to be careful about your internal signaling because. If, and that's anytime you're looking at branding and culture, you you want those two things to match. Um, because if they don't, you can get actually even more cynical employees.
0: I, I guess, Segal, that, that Coke is a pretty good example to, to bring up here because of the fact that uh, they are obviously a multinational company, uh, and if you go back, I know they've done this in the past, when we get around the time of the Olympics, they have done spots in the past that have looked to uh, to promote, obviously, a global view of their company and and what other people are, are doing in other parts of the world. So, I mean, this is obviously something that Coca, uh, it seems like, takes very much seriously and takes it close to their heart.
2: Yeah, and I would say in their case, um, again, you know, without being kind of in the organization, but to the degree that their internal values are, you know, about inclusion and diversity, and, and they have really taken it as something that the external and the internal fit really well. I think one of the really fascinating things about what has happened as a result of the elections is that companies that haven't all necessarily always done that, are feeling like they need to do that as well.
1: Maricus, Yeah, I think that's right. I think Coke is an interesting example because it's a product that is pretty straightforward, right? It's a a beverage and it's carbonated water and some flavoring. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, So, you know, as a beverage that's a global sort of drink, I think it makes a lot of sense to try to project those more progressive, global, international sorts
0: of values. What do you think, though, in general? I mean, obviously there were a few of these during the Super Bowl, and and we're seeing more of them pop out. And we're also talking about this on a day where Mm -hmm. tech companies are sending a letter to the White House uh, about about the travel ban. What impact do you think these types of ads overall have? here in the United States right now. Well, that's a
1: great question and I think it's going to make uh, half the country very happy and the other half not so happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, it's no. a you're making a decision. You understand when you do this that from a target marketing perspective that you are essentially uh, aligning yourself with a set of values that is going to resonate with the group that you're aware of and, a, yeah. and that's not going to resonate with the group you're aware of as well. So that's a choice you're making. Uh, if you think that's an important enough stance to take you know, politically and as a business in terms of what you do, then you'll make that trade-off. Is it your expectation that we will see more companies
0: take this approach, understanding that the people that they are trying to reach are obviously multinational. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I mean, th- this truly has been for hundreds of years a melting pot, That's true. A- 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 and continues to be one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, I mean, it's, I guess, it, it, it's a marketing push. Yes, but it's a marketing push trying to connect to a much. a a, a varied consumer group out there, consumer
1: base. That's exactly correct, and I think the other important thing to answer your question, this will work to a point in the sense that the whole major component of marketing is differentiation. So as more and more companies do this, it becomes less unique to do this and you also have to be careful that you're not perceived as being kind of inauthentic okay. in sort of jumping on this marketing train and, and sort of adopting this approach i, I guess and, and, so, and actually go ahead, so
2: go. i i wanted to add to that because um... you know you say what will it do to to america there's a whole other level um, to these type of ads, um, which which will influence um, the United States and even more broadly so far as they go, which has to do about just the visual of the ads
1: and sure. implicit
2: bias. So one of the reasons implicit bias is when we are biased but don't realize we're biased, and even sometimes it can be the opposite. We, we really think we're completely not biased, and where implicit bias comes from, um, is the culture. And so much of our culture comes from media and including commercials. And, you know, we've really been focusing right now on the political, but um, while, for example, Honeymaid, has a fascinating set of commercials right now about sort of what is America that goes much broader than that in terms of race, in terms of, of sexual orientation, as are many of these companies. And, and you know, it's interesting because America said, you know, it's going to, you know, half of the people it's going to please and half it's not. And, and absolutely, on the, on the one hand, that may be the case. But on the other hand, and particularly as it relates to children and as people are growing mm. up, the more they see these ads the more that from a cultural perspective, it says to them, oh, that's, that's who we are, that's what it is. And that's actually how you start to shift the national mm-hmm. culture. And so, you know, in a weird way, this whole thing about making us now question our deep underlying assumptions and c- having companies do this thing could have the side effect actually of down the line really helping with bias in this mm-hmm. and not only being, you know, a branding thing, but really being something that shifts the culture in in a deeper way.
1: It's interesting I think Sigal's absolutely spot on about this. I the, the notion of implicit bias I think is important here Dan, but also her point about the socialization over time. Yeah. And how norms and expectations change and are informed by the popular culture in these sorts of commercials that may you know, again, communicate and signal to us, you know, what, what we are and who we are as a nation.
0: If you'd like to join in and uh, ask a question or give a comment about some of these ads that you may have seen in the Super Bowl yesterday or are seeing in general right now uh, on TV or maybe online, your comments are welcome at 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at bizradio 111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, 84 Lumber uh, was a a company that that drew a little bit of attention prior to the game because they had put together an ad, uh, and they actually had to go back and tweak it Mm. because Fox said it was too political, Mm. uh, where the original copy of the ad— had a mother and daughter trying to go from Mexico to find a better life in the United States. Mm. And as part of the original spot, it had this massive wall wow. in it. They, <laughs> they tweaked that, Okay, obviously, to p- have it played on the Super Bowl. So to a degree, it's interesting that 84 Lumber is trying to make this statement, yet Fox is obviously making the ultimate call about... Whether or not it could, you know, it, it actually meets the criteria they want to see on a game like the Super Bowl.
1: And that's right. I think Fox is walking the line here, trying to understand where exactly is that sweet spot where I can allow uh, advertisers to make their messages without getting so far over the top that it actually changes the tone or or introduces controversy. So that's probably a smart move to do that. I, I would
0: guess, Segal, that, I mean, how much do you think, uh, like, companies like 84 Lumber and and obviously Budweiser drew a lot of attention for a, a spot that they did uh, as well, how much do you think they, they are talking to their employees about these types of issues right now and in terms of the thinking of putting these types of TV, uh, these spots together?
2: Oh, my, my guess is that they're um, – they're, I, d- I don't think they're consulting with their employees, obviously, about choosing to do it. But right. m- my guess is they're speaking a lot to their employees about the fact that they did it um, because they to, to the degree that they really want them to understand, you know, this is who we are, this is our company, and, and in essence raising employee commitment to the company. Of course, by the way, again, the danger is is – If the employees in the company don't agree with you, and there's Mm -hmm. been some really interesting new work now looking at um, political ideology value fit um, on this, Mm. and if they don't agree with you, then actually you run the danger of, of actually losing them are well, becoming less committed.
0: Well, I, I guess the other interesting piece is I mentioned the letter that uh, that the tech companies are going to be sending to the White House. Uh, you know, we're in a, a time where President Trump is meeting with CEOs mm. uh, of, of various sectors right now. So you would think that these CEOs have the, the ear of the president, I, I would guess, to a degree. So uh, it, it is probably incumbent in some of these CEOs that are meeting with President Trump to kind of voice these opinions when they have the opportunity to meet with them
2: well again that's the that's sort of uh, you know one of the I, I would say well not going to say bright sides, but one of the outcomes again of this is right now, from a cultural perspective um, there is there are competing values. And what what happens is very often, you know, the deepest part of culture are our deep underlying assumptions that are so deep, it's the water we swim in, we don't even think about them. We don't walk around saying, oh, why are we in business? Or what are our general values? And, And what this, Time period has done is it's really raised that, and it's really raised. You know, that's not necessarily the topic that the CEOs of tech companies would normally be having necessarily. Now we can argue if that's a good use of time or not, right. um, but but it's definitely raising this defining issue of um, who who we are as a nation.
1: I think it's also interesting though because, you know, the question of inclusion often raises the issue of inclusion of what, right? So there's sure. a diversity yeah. of perspectives. Yeah. And I think there's a danger here in the sense that, you know, if you create too narrow of an echo chamber in the context of the organization, you're probably also, you know, not working towards yeah. this this inclusion sort of diversity goal as well. Right. What are your thoughts on that, Sigal?
2: Well, it's 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 interesting because, of course, the very nature of diversity and inclusion is the value that you're interested in hearing the opinions of everyone, and so it's a it's a nice point you raise, America's, because in theory, you know, if you're if you're taking a stand in one way, how does that influence others? And but I think that that many of these brands are are walking the line on that. I, mm-hmm. For example, I really don't think that. I'd be surprised if anybody who was watching the Anheuser-Busch commercial Mm. um, was offended at at kind of a visceral level by Mm. the concept of immigration because they did it within the country's history, right? So In some Mm. ways, they're trying to bring everybody together, but of course, the meta-message and the timing of it is uh, saying... We're, we're, you know, we're implicitly taking a stand against what's being said, but they used a very affective, and I mean, emotional um, tone that actually could draw a lot of people in.
0: Well, I guess the interesting thing here, at America's to you, is the fact that when when companies are planning these spots out. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously they're spending this year 5 million dollars for a 30 second spot which I think right. is nuts to begin with. <laughs> but but they have to plan these out for a few months. Yes. Uh it seems like with 84 lumber mm-hmm. that maybe they didn't plan it out for months. But within the last month or two, mm-hmm. they had an idea of what they wanted to do and they were going to do a spot. So, I mean, for people to say that, uh, you know, that Coca-Cola thought this up in in three weeks time and got it shot and, right. you know, all, right. uh, that's just not possible.
1: That's right. And the, it's a very strategic process to get these persuasive communications done and executed. And it, it takes a lot of time and companies spend a lot of time Thinking about thinking through the messaging implications and thinking through, you know, what what is it we want to try to achieve with these sorts of things. So it's it's not a it's not a willy nilly kind of thing like you're saying, Dan. Yeah, Segal? and
2: and not only that, but and again, I'm going to go back to the emotion part of this. Right. Um, I've looked at a lot of these ads at this point, and um, some of them are edgier, particularly kind of more um, in for example, Covergirl has some that are, are are edgier and really kind of which is part of their value set, by the oh, way, right. um, mm-hmm. in terms of hitting the the you know really going hard on that. But most of them, if you think about them emotionally, yeah. the way they make you feel is they make you feel warm, they make you feel included. Mm-hmm. they again, purely, affectively if you know as you heard that the the coca-cola ad you know it felt it feels good kind of regardless of of which side of the aisle you're on from a purely emotional perspective and i think that as they plan these ads that's a that's an interesting part of this as well because they really they they don't i mean the message is not meant to isolate half of the country
0: well but i think we uh, agree seagal that that it, Companies can maybe have an ability to be able to to bring this message forth now more so than maybe, you know, 10 or 15 years ago because of just kind of the culture switch, even though, as we said, you know, half the country voted for Donald Trump and yeah. half of them did not. We understand that part. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the millennial generation is bringing these types of values forward. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of open the door at times for. For companies to say, yeah, okay, we, we you know, let's do this. Yeah. You know, let's bring it forward.
2: Well, and not only that, that goes back to that initial point, which, which again, given my my research on implicit bias, I, I just find profound. Which is that I really think it is going to change the way that the country looks at things because the media is so incredibly powerful. But we're not going to see that for another. Ten or fifteen years, we're not going to we're not going to see the, the effects of this. The strongest ones, like uh, again, are on on the children who are growing up and seeing these ads and saying, "Oh wow, oh okay." I mean, it just hmm. becomes part of the consciousness. Like, oh yeah, that's what it is. It is more shocking or different to people who haven't seen that.
0: But there is an immediate impact, right? Yeah. I, and they, I mean, it's just as you said for for. You know, people to affect culture. It's going to play out with the kids that you know, maybe you know, upwards of ten to eighteen now, and maybe in, into their into their twenties, yeah. right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. A- Absolutely. Well, in terms of implicit bias, it's it starts much, much, much younger. Okay. So, um, I mean, really young. So it, it it again, in terms of it really going deep. Like I said, I do think it'll take longer, but I think that that in terms of conscious um, bias and mm. and who our culture is, it's going to have an immediate impact. Right now, and again, there's no question that these ads um, are—they th- they are companies taking a stand. Yeah. Um, and as it relates to your first question, though, about the internal to the culture, I think you're going to have employees who feel very, very proud of that stand, and you're going to have employees who may feel less comfortable with it.
0: I, do you think that this would also affect people that work at other companies? I mean, this will be, almost be like a, do- a domino effect. Where, you know, obviously Coca-Cola makes this statement and obviously people that work at Coke have friends that work at other companies. And and this will be a little bit of a domino effect that it will affect other companies down the line as well, Segal.
2: Do you mean other companies in terms of doing the ads or do you mean other companies in terms of the value?
0: Well, maybe a little bit of both.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because, again, it's, it's what's salient at the time. So I do a lot of work on culture with organizations, and when senior leadership is looking to think about, okay, what values are the most important for us to execute on our strategy, which is what you really want from, from your values, um, you know, very often diversity and inclusion are mentioned, but, but when, it's, when you're really looking kind of at the top three, you know, they, they may or may not be mentioned. And I think that the highlighting of this, from company to company may indeed make it more salient. But to Americus's point, I'm, I'm curious, uh, from a branding perspective, Americus, do you think that if everybody starts to do it, on the one hand, it's kind of a national movement, yeah. but what do you think, what are the implications from a branding perspective?
1: Yeah, I think it's an important question that you're raising, Seagal. I think you know, from a differentiation perspective and sort of the we're in this sort of cultural moment right now where these topics are salient. It makes a lot of sense if, if the brand, if your brand is authentically connected to these values to jump into this. I think that over time, however, though, you know you 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 risk sort of this authenticity problem because everyone's doing it then it becomes sort of less it can be easily be, be perceived as kind of a marketing gimmick as opposed to something that's true.
0: Well, just as uh, as many people as you are reaching positively as yes. we said in the culture we have now, yes. you're reaching just as many people negatively yes. and that ends up being yes. the negative on the brand that you talked about.
1: That's exactly right. And Donald Trump's supporters have children too and and their supporters are you you know, talking to their children and there's different echo chambers out there. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. easy for us to sort of see our own perspectives and and project those perspectives onto others. Well, yeah. the
0: f- the, and the fact that there there was already, you know, once that Budweiser spot made it out, there was already Trump supporters with, a, you know, that yes. hashtag. <laughs> yes. And I'm not going to mention it. Yes. But that hashtag. To
1: basically <laughs> yeah. say, yeah. Budweiser, we don't appreciate yeah. that. Well said. Yeah, right. Best yeah. yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> right. Yes. Well,
2: and the, and the one thing, though, that I would say, and, and, and I, I didn't mean to be unclear about this, is that as it relates to kids, um, again, we can, you know, parents can talk to their kids, but as we know from all sorts of things mm-hmm. around gender and race, right, that, like, even if they talk to them, that 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 visceral sense that comes from the culture mm-hmm. is still seeping through, regardless. Yes. Yes. Um, by the visuals, it's like who do we see? Who do we see as right. president? Who yeah. do we see as the head of organizations? Who do we see as what's considered families on TV? And mm. and you know, so I I actually remain optimistic yes. that that some of that message. Uh, Still gets through, but it is interesting you're saying about the about you know whether whether it becomes looks like just a marketing ploy. You know, one of the most powerful ads was the one done by Amazon.
0: Um, I, I, I was just going to actually bring that up to see if you had seen that yet because that I saw that this morning, uh, and for those people that haven't seen it, it is uh, a Christian pastor mm. and a Muslim imam who are friends, and uh, the. One gentleman comes over to visit the other. Mm-hmm. They talk. They have a conversation. Oh, wow. They both get up. They both have achy knees, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. both decide they see the other with the achy knee problem, mm-hmm. and so they each buy the other a set of knee pads so that when they're <laughs> bending down in prayer, wow. they have their knees protected to a degree. How which, about that? Which see Segal is of
2: bending that? down in prayer? Yeah.
0: Yes. It's which, a great, great spot. Yes.
2: Yeah, and but now what's interesting though, as we know, Amazon has gone in, gotten into some issues mm-hmm. around its. Um, you know, people management and its values. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So this is a really, this is a really interesting one because here you have this organization that's gotten into issues around being a really negative press, yet they come up with this ad and, and, the question is, you know, first thing, what does that do for their consumers, the ones who may care about the negative press that they have received, but also for their employees? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, do the employees say, wow, this is that kind of company I work for. You know, I'm going to cut them some slack on the fact that I have to be incredibly results oriented. <laughs> yeah, right. Or yeah. do they say, wow, well, they're suing that. But in the meantime, you know, what are they doing for us? Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting. It's a really interesting question.
1: Yeah, I think that's correct. I think that the the internal organizational culture and figuring out this question of who do I want to to connect with in terms of you know an HR strategy, like yeah. in terms of fit, because that's really what's going on here and what Segal is talking about is the ability to attract employees that you can connect with and create a sense of synchronicity with what you believe are your company's values and their values. That's got to lead to better outcomes for the employees and the company.
0: But I I would think, in getting back to what we were saying, we got about a minute left, is the fact that more companies are going to think about this Mm -hmm. when they're doing their advertising. Mm -hmm. And and it's maybe a thought process that a company ad campaign 10, 15 years ago didn't have to consider, right?
1: I I think that's fair. I think it's uh, definitely top of mind and center stage right now. And certainly in this sort of political climate, it's going to be something that is built into the strategy when thinking about how to move forward and execute on particular types of persuasive communication.
0: It will I guess also make them think a little bit longer about mm-hmm. what they will do, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about something with the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. when you're making a 5 million dollar right. investment. Yes. That's right. I mean that's not me pulling my wallet out and throwing a 5 down <laughs> oh, on yeah. the table. That's 5 million dollars. That's a that's a big change to go. Right, and it's
2: a, and it's a, it's it's astounding, actually. I mean, it's just if you think of even the differences between you know now and five years ago about kind of what advertisers are thinking about and what companies are thinking about. And I guess what, one last thing I would say is the whole concept of culture. The reason culture even exists is to help you survive in your environment. Right. It's not just yeah. some nice bubble out there. And companies are clearly feeling that. Taking a stand on whatever values they have around this kind of political immigration, who is America piece, is is necessary for their survival.
0: Right. Sigalth, so, great to have you on the show with us. Thanks Thank very you. much. Greatly it. appreciate it. Thanks. My friend America's great to see you again as always. Always a pleasure, sir. I Thank appreciate you, sir. It. Great to have you in here. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit Knowledge.